Welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with Jeff Rappaport. And guys, this is episode, uh, this will be uh, part two um, of deal structuring, so on-the-spot deal structuring. So um, on our last episode, if you, if you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to that. Um, Jeff had a single-family house uh, here in Utah um, that he made some offers on, um, and uh, he wanted me to make a, a creative financing offer on. So I made, on the last episode, I made, uh, I'll just tell you what my offers were. So I was going to do a, a cash offer of uh, 205 and the house, by the way, is worth 290 is the ARV on it. So my cash offer would just be 205. Um, my short-term cash offer, basically my finance, my short-term finance offer would be uh, 210, uh, $210,000 with uh, 25000 down and like 185 due in seven months. And I would just take over the existing payments. And then my short, well, my, it's a shorter term, but my creative financing offer would be a purchase price of $240 um, with $12,000 down. And so we'd be financing um, $228 for three years. And the payment on that, we would just do a all-inclusive trust deed. So we would just literally wrap their existing mortgage. Um, and our payment on that would be uh, $1,023 a month. Uh, and some change at three and a half percent interest, and that would leave us a balloon payment about two fourteen four hundred at the end of that three year term and The purpose of that offer is so that um, I could either find an owner occupant to wholesale the property to or I could uh, find you froze, a, the, you froze up there for quite a bit jonathan oh did i what What yep. was the last thing you heard Jeff uh, short term cash offer yeah okay sorry about that guys so short term um my short-term financing offer seven months would be 210k with twenty five thousand dollars down again this would be if i'm flipping the house myself um i would uh, i would want to finance it for seven months um and then my my creative financing offer you were just going to take over their payment on the short term right Oh yeah, yeah, and then I would just take over their existing payment. So I'd offer them twenty-five thousand down, take over their existing payment, and then pay them the rest of their equity in uh, seven months. Okay. Um, and then my uh, creative financing offer would be my purchase price would be two forty two hundred forty thousand dollars for the purchase price twelve thousand down. So we would finance two twenty-eight for three years at 3.5% interest. <clears throat> Our monthly payment would be um, about 1,023 and some change. And then at the end of that three years, the uh, balloon payment that would be due would be the 214,400. 
And this offer would uh, kind of open the doors for finding a landlord to wholesale the property to or keeping the property for myself um, and doing a, uh, um, a buy and hold with that or finding an owner occupant. So um, I wanted to make that offer because it really just opens the doors up to either me holding it, um, finding an, an owner occupant or wholesaling it to a landlord. So um, really if, if they accept that offer, I would, I would have, you know, I would have quite a bit of room to do whatever I wanted really. So those, so that was my offer. Hopefully I didn't go over that too fast. <laughs> but well, if not, then go back to the last episode because you went, we went through them all. Yeah, if we went through them all and we really, on the last episode, we went through the thought process that goes behind this. So that's definitely uh, valuable. So um, on this episode, we're going to go through what Jeff actually offered. And I think he's going to show us his, his offers. Yeah, and I'm going to go through my thought process, too. Cool. Uh, so first of all, one of the things that goes through my mind right away is, who's my potential buyer? And uh, we talked about this on last episode. Our potential buyer on this could be a rehabber. It could be a buy and hold investor. Or it could be an owner-occupant. And sometimes that happens. And you're making different offers, and depending on which offer may get accepted, maybe the direction that you end up going to try to wholesale. Now, if you're looking for yourself, I could make offers that could be tailored to what I want rather than what I think other investors will want. So that's based on us being wholesalers. Um, so I am curious, but we'll see because. Three of the offers that Jonathan made, I also made those three offers, and I made two more. Um, so this is the max amount of offers I will ever make, and it's probably more than I should. Um, but sometimes I make offers where there's five offers, probably too many. But the way I look at it is cash is most likely not going to happen. I mean, we're, we're considerably far apart from what they're asking and what we can actually pay. Um, and then I wanna, I, I almost always pair my cash offer with a short-term finance offer. And, um, and yeah, then so Jonathan did like a three-year term. I always wanna give a little longer term. And then in this particular case, uh, we also made a subordination offer. Oh, okay. Yep. So, Right away, and the way that I look at these LOIs is that just like we did with Jonathan, he came up with a cash offer within you know, 30 seconds. Uh, so a lot of times when I start looking at my LOI, I, I just use a template. And that template would be um, one where I, I, I can make th four or five offers um, because there's a, quite a bit of equity and the numbers would work. So I immediately go to my number five option, which is cash, private or hard money, and I come up with my cash offer. So mine's a little lower than yours, but I think we would have expected that because yeah, you're looking I'm not gonna rehab it. Right. Correct. <laughs> so you were at 205, I'm at 191, 150. Um, I would probably sell this for you know, 206, 207. 
um, to Jonathan and make my fifteen thousand dollars, right? For two hundred five. <laughs> I don't know two hundred five. I might have to go back to the cell and get them at one ninety. <laughs> <laughs> so my short-term finance, uh, I think you offered like two ten. I was at two hundred two. Okay. Um, you offered twenty five. I offered twenty. Uh, you offered to take over and just make his payments, which is totally fine. I offered him a thousand dollars a month, principal only, for six months, and then his payoff would be one seventy six. This one's super easy to figure out. Take your purchase price two hundred and two thousand minus your down payment of twenty thousand. That's one eighty two over you know one thousand dollar a month payments for six months is six thousand dollars. 182 minus six is 176,000 is the payoff. Simple, okay? And the reason that I like to do that is, you know, hey, if this, if our cash offer is not going to work, I just offered him $11,000 more to just kind of sit and get paid off in six months. It's not, if he doesn't need all this money to go do something right away, this offer could work. Right. And I like the principal only pay down as well on there. Uh, you know, and I mix it up sometimes, you know, if the payment was a little higher, I probably would have done what you did. Um, and sometimes I do principal only. Sometimes I, I, I'll do even interest only. Um, it won't be a lot because that's what I'm trying to avoid here, right? Is I'm trying to get myself good terms so that I can buy this property without having to go get any kind of hard money loan. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, let me pause it real quick. Okay. I gotta... All right, we're back. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Um, so we were going into your option two. Yeah, so we already did that. Um, so now what, what I like to do is just get, knock out my cash offer, knock out my short-term financing offer, and now I'll start working on my other offers, my... my creative financing offers okay so, so yeah i just want to point out real quick guys what he's doing here is he's just he's knocking out the real easy offers that are easy to make you don't have to put much time or thought into so it's a good strategy well and what, one of the things too is i want to see what kind of different spread that i'll have from you know like my lowest offer which will be cash to my highest offer which will be some kind of creative financing Right. As you notice, I'm at 243 here, and my cash offer is 191. Now it's a 50 plus thousand dollar difference. Okay. Um, so if you remember, you made a pretty similar offer, uh, 240. I'm yeah. at 243. Yep. Uh, you offered 12 down. I offered nine, and here's why: is that I'm going to to make two offers with the down payment. And I want the down payment to be a little different uh, where I can offer a little bit more. So if I, if I came in at 12, now I'd probably have to be at 15 and that's too much. Um, I'm not gonna be able to get my profit margin that I'm looking for built into that, especially I want my down payment to be a little less when there's work that's needed. And that's how I would justify it is that, look, I can't give you a whole lot of money up front because I'm going to have to put some money into the property. 
if this was pristine, I probably would have done exactly what you did. And I probably would have come in with like 12 grand. Yeah. Okay. okay. So Jeff, where'd you come up with these numbers? The 243 and then your second option was 240. Cause you asked me the same question. Yep. Uh, I pulled it out of thin air um, <laughs> because I'll, I'll tell you why I'm using. Uh, so I want to try to be close to what they're asking. Right. So um, and if possible, I'd like to give them what they're asking, maybe even more. In this case, I didn't feel like I could because I had the same concerns that Jonathan did, is that this property is going to need some work. It's probably not going to be in pristine condition. And um, I really don't think it's worth what they're asking. I, I think I'm giving them their best option um, as far as price-wise. And what, one of the things I didn't mention is that the other day they had another investor come over and take a look at the property and make an offer. And so I knew right away that their offer was not going to be in this 250 range because chances are very likely that they are a rehabber. And uh -huh. so they're gonna be more like the 190, the 200, you know, maybe if they're foolish, 210. Um, and so I, I wasn't worried about it, but at the same time, I wanted to be a little more aggressive in terms of uh, the price. And I want the price to kind of hit them like, hey, that's not bad. Um, or wow, that's more than what I'm asking. Uh, so I just came in a little less. Now, I know that this option of mine is going to pay down quickly. So I also want to take that into account. This is going to typically be my highest priced offer with my shortest term. And the pay down is going to be pretty quick. And I'm already thinking if I offer 243 here, what's my second option going to be? And I want to still keep it in that same range where the payment will make sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you were thinking along the lines of this might work for a landlord as well. I was, but to be, so what, what I was saying was that uh, initially I was thinking that this could be a buy and hold, but it's tight. And I, I really don't think that the monthly payment could be above a thousand to really make it work. Yeah. Um, to have that little bit of cash flow. So I decided I was going to be a little more aggressive and go with what I think I could do with an owner occupant rather than a landlord so okay. yes they still might fit for landlord but they, that that's not what i'm thinking on these yeah okay yeah just because the cash flow is so tight yeah uh, you know to me I, I might be able to find a buyer with a 300 a month cash flow but it's kind of like yeah, that, that's on the low end you know 250 is probably the least that i would even look at trying to sell a buy and hold and um three hundred dollars is just you know and this property needs some work and my, my guess is it's going the, the return the cash on cash return is just not going to be exciting enough for someone uh the, the only thing that might save us is hey you, you could probably get in <coughs> excuse me you probably could get in for $24,000. That would be it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
So really what I do on this is, here's my thought process. So I pick a number, a purchase price, just like Jonathan did when he did. And I pick a down payment and my down payment is somewhere between that three to 6% range. And I'll probably be on the low end if it needs work. Um, so I'm at 234, right? Yep. Is the amount of money that um, I'm asking to be financed. Yeah. And right now, what, what are interest rates at, Jonathan? Uh, they're under four, actually, for so, people who have good interest. I mean, what I do is just super of, quick is I, I'm, I'm figuring out what a payment would be based on 4% interest. Um, that you might be able to get less. It might be a little more, but it's right in that range. So I just figure it out. I, I enter in that you know, 236, 4%, amortized over 30 years, and my payment would be $1,117. Um, in this particular scenario, I can actually pick what I want this payment to be. Uh, it, I, I do not have to enter in numbers to figure it out. I can just decide what it is. Now, the higher it is, the faster it will pay down, the principal balance will pay down. The, lo the lower it is, the better the cash flow will be, but the principal pay down will slow down. So I, I try to make it work based on what I'm trying to do. Here, I'm trying to just keep it to be a pretty good payment and I want it to pay down as fast as possible. So what you see here is I picked 1,050. Uh, part of it's also gonna be that, hey, I'm gonna create another offer and I don't want those payments to be too different, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I picked 1,050, it's on the low side. Um, so again, I'm thinking owner-occupant. And uh, now if you look, the payoff at the at the end of three years is two twelve. Your payoff was two fourteen four. I was able to offer three thousand dollars more and pay less down payment of three thousand dollars. So I, I'm actually uh, our payoffs are pretty close. I mean, like a thousand dollars apart. But mm -hmm. I actually offered a higher price and I offered less down payment to get yeah. there. And using that straight interest is yep. that. Yep. <clears throat> so, and then the seller will make, you know, uh, 200 and almost 260,000. They were asking 250 and they only have to stay in this for three years. Yeah. Um, so that, that's why this becomes kind of uh, enticing because three years, most people, they don't need their money. Um, that they, they, they wouldn't mind making money on their money. And yes, I know it's only two and a half percent, but right now leaving it in the bank is getting them 1% or less. Right. Uh, so it's still secured with something that they're very familiar with and um, they're getting some money up front. And, you know, it's almost like a rental without having to deal with the headaches. Right. Okay. Awesome. And then, Obviously, I want to do my payments starting 60 days just because if they don't say anything, then I don't have a payment for 60 days and I get to collect <laughs> them. So, um, 
what else do I wanted to talk to you about on this? Um, so this we did as contract for deed. I could have easily done it as a wraparound mortgage or an all-inclusive trust deed and note. Only real difference is, is that contract for deed, the title won't transfer to the buyer until it's paid off. That's what it says down here. Seller will remain on title until property is paid in full. Um, that's a selling point to a seller. They yeah. like that. Um, uh, I would, me personally, I would prefer to use all-inclusive, um, but that's a major selling point. And I don't have to even get into any conversations about due on sale clause because title's not transferring. I'm not worried about the due on sale clause. Right. So that's why I like to do that. Okay. Now let's talk about the final two offers. So what I like to do is I pick one that's going to be my highest price and then I'm going to pick one that's going to come in a little bit less. And I, I wish I would have made this just a little less, like 237, something like that. Um, and I'll tell I can you say they're pretty close. <laughs> yeah, they are pretty close. Um, but you'll see what the difference really is in a second. Um, so I offered them more money up front. It's still not a lot, right? It's still right. just about 5%. That's why I wanted to come in low on this that other one because I want to keep this as low as I can. And what I did is I take my 240 minus 13,000. That's mm -hmm. 227 present value. Again, I usually just use 4% right now over 30 years and hit payment. This one, I actually figured out. This is an amortized payment. Um, so 1,083. I want these two payments to be within reason. I don't want this to be 1,300 and this one to be 1,000. That's too much of a difference. Yeah. So you're not making, there's a reason that we want the payments. We've talked about this. We work them backwards. We want the payment. We, we know the range where we need to be within the payment. So yeah, we want to keep it that way. Um, some people like this offer better because you know it's a higher interest rate, and uh, you know they're going to make more money on their money. They understand amortized over thirty years. But I would tell you, I get this offer, option one, accepted far more than any other offer. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so this one's pretty straightforward. The balloon payment. This is another thing that I'm always looking for. The balloon payment after five years is 205. The balloon payment after three years is 213. Okay, I want the one that's longer to be lower, right? Otherwise, I've probably screwed these offers up in some way. Yeah. Uh, so, really quick, I want you to see how, why I do this, okay? And it's going to become quite apparent. Uh, so, my purchase price is only $3,000 difference, right? Mm -hmm. 240, 243. My down payment's only $4,000 difference, right? Right. The interest rate is still pretty low. Yep. My, my balloon payment is 205 as compared to 213, and it's two more years longer. Yeah. But here's where it's big. Seller will gross two hundred and eighty-three thousand over five years. That's 
$25,000 or $24,000 more for going another two years. That's significant. Right. Okay. So this is the offer he took. Oh, yeah. Number two. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, let me just show you my last offer and then we can wrap this up. Okay. So this is seller subordination, and you, you've got to understand, um, we've done numerous examples of this in the past, but I have money sitting uh, that uh, I've used through substitution of collateral that I have sitting in escrow, so I want to use. Um, <laughs> so that's why I'm able to offer a big subordination because I have $196,000 <coughs> sitting in escrow right now that I pay $600 a month for, whether I'm using it or not. Um, so $600 a month right here uh, for 190 almost gets him paid. Um, you know, he only has to take back a pretty small second of $43,000 and he would get most of his money. We'd pay off his underlying loan and he would get some equity, um, more equity than he's getting in all the other options. And then we would just secure his 43,000 in second position. And now we just create a new note um, and we decide how we're going to deal with it. Well, I already know what my payment is on the first, it's $600. Um, that's what I pay for that money. Uh, I know I want to be around that thousand, thousand fifty. So, you know, I offered him four percent amortized over fifteen years. Um, uh, you know, for three and a half years, three hundred and eighteen dollars a month. Um, it'll pay down to you know, it'll pay down almost eight thousand dollars over that course of time. And now I still have that the same flexibility that I have with these other properties. Actually, I have even a better payment. This I could actually sell to a landlord, but I'm not gonna use my money to finance someone else. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm, I would only be making my $600 a month, which is covering my payment. That's really defeating the purpose of using yeah. it. Yeah. And this is more of an advanced um, offer uh, and way to create terms. Um, and it's okay if you don't understand this one right now. Um, but it's, it's very creative. Um, and if you do it right, uh, we always, we've talked about this before on the show that, um, you know, you could be into a deal with no money down right. by borrowing that, uh, that, that primary. No, I thought actually I made an offer. Yep. I'm only making this until someone takes it, right? Because I, I only have this money sitting. You know, normally, I'd have to go borrow this money, and I'd pay anywhere from 5 to 8% on it. Yeah. So I don't want it to be a big number. But since I already have 2.5% interest at $600 a month, I, I want to use this money somewhere. And I thought I had a deal where I was going to buy a house and just hold it, and I was going to rent it out. It would be no money down. It would be a thousand dollars a month cash flow, um, and uh, I would hold it for three years, and then uh, you know I'd decide what I wanted to do after. But hey, if I can make a thousand dollars a month cash flow, um, that's probably a good use of this money. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
Well, cool. I think, uh, I don't know, two of your offers were real close to mine. Yeah. Those, those first two options and guys just noticed too, how he, um, structures it so that, you know, he has the highest, his highest offer price up front or the highest purchase price up front. Um, and so when they look at it, you know, they kind of gives the best two, you know, up front. Um, and like he said, he just does it so he can like immediately capture the seller's attention. Well, and if you look, then I just have a quick paragraph down below and it's going to just describe the different strategy that I'm offering them. So in this case, it was contract for deed and how it works. Um, now, well, we've gone through this on previous episodes, but hey, you, you're going to remain on title. Um, this is how you're protected. Uh, this is what happens in case of defaults. Um, so I want them to understand how it would work. And now if you have some additional questions, we're happy to you know, go through and go through the details with them. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, I hope you guys, uh, first of all, if you're listening to this, uh, we'll, this, this video will be on YouTube. We'll get this one on YouTube, uh, this week, um, so that you can kind of see the mm -hmm. Jeff's, uh, letter of intent, or at least his offers right here up front. Um, and, and then, you, I mean, it, hopefully by seeing it, it kind of makes more sense to you. Um, but you know, if you're not able to look at that or you, you want to run your own numbers, um, just sit down with a calculator and just follow along with us. Uh, because as you punch these numbers into a calculator, that's going to be the best way uh, for you guys out there to learn. Um, and then of course, just kind of knowing our thought process, right? Um, that, that's probably bigger than actually knowing the numbers, but knowing your exit strategy, um, you know, what you need to uh, buy it at to have a, you know, a monthly cash flow if you're going to hold it or, you know, what your spread needs to be if you're flipping it. Yep. Well, and you know, along those same lines, um, check out our show notes, call into, or don't call in, text into the hotline, get the video that I put on um, going from start to finish with all the thought process, all the due diligence, uh, both for the seller and for the buyer um, with the LOI. I mean, don't wait for us to put this on uh, YouTube. Just uh, all you got to do is text uh, what creative financing to yep. the, the hotline number and yep. you'll get a link and you will have it. And people have talked uh, very highly of it. I think it's very helpful. Yeah. So again, guys, to get uh, access to that video, that step-by-step -step video on uh, creating terms on a single family home, um, just text creative financing or CFP to uh, our hotline. And that's 877-409-8090. Again, 877-409-8090. You can also leave, uh, leave us a question or comments there on our voicemail. Um, or if you're interested in getting Jeff's apprenticeship program, um, you can uh, call in to that number and mention that you're interested in his apprenticeship program and he'll reach out to you directly. Um, and then we're on Facebook at the creative financing podcast. Um, so please, please, please rate and review this show wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it greatly helps us to uh, bring it to new audiences and people searching for the same kind of content. 
that you guys are listening to now. So um, with that said, any last words, Jeff? No, please. Uh, yeah, our goal really is, I, I really didn't know if we would end up doing, I mean, we're in the eighties on episodes and been doing this a year and a half. And uh, I, I really didn't think we would get this far. Uh, now I'm super excited about it and I want to build it. And so I need people's help. I want to triple our um, our okay. listenership, and yeah. I want to uh, uh, really make an impact on people's lives. The more people that we can work with, um, the more offers that we'll be able to make you guys too. And uh, so help us out. Help us help you. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right, guys. Um, until next time create some terms. Thanks for listening to the creative financing podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on until next time. Create some terms. This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.